Farhan. How are you doing? Great to have you here. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. To be I'm here. really looking forward to this conversation because it's something quite different than what we've done before. We're going to touch the start on, on the real estate agency world, the world yeah. of property, something that um, I've always had a love for. My brother's an architect in London. Cool. In the UK, we used to flip properties and I used to love bringing back that sort of um, that creativity and that passion and that, you know, the, the, the real soul of a place. And I know that you've had a lot of success in this area and it's something that you have really um, begun to own in the last decade or two. Yeah. So my first question is, what inspired you to get into the um, the real estate agency world? Yeah, I well, I was in Canada um, for uni. I grew up in Dubai, then I went to Canada for uni and then I came back in like 05. Mm. Uh, so I've been doing it for a while and it kind of was a family thing. Um, we started real estate. It was in a very nascent stage at the time. There was like six, seven agencies. Um, and it was kind of Dubai Marina had just come up and we saw an opportunity and we started building and it's kind of, you know, how a rising tide brings up all ships. So that tide came in and we were lucky at the right place at the right time. We grew out a team. Um, so my first company was called New World Real Estate. We co-owned it with, uh, with another partner at our height. We had, um, we had like 40 agents or 50 agents. I think we had two offices, um, you know, the whole spiel um but then that kind of that's another story of what happened to that but yeah that's how i got into it and what happened yeah yeah and, and what's really interesting about it is that obviously it's an incredibly saturated market and yeah. you were here in dubai when it was becoming massively popular yeah. right so what made you different how did you niche down what did you do to make yourself an authority in that space yeah that's a great question um Back in the day, sorry, sorry. We, uh, we were part of uh, a small group that got into selling off-plan before it became cool. So there's a, there was a developer called Tanmiat, they were from Saudi, and they were building living legends out in Dubai land, which is now like almost done. Mm. And we underwrote a bunch of those projects and we started selling them. So, you know, we would buy it for a small percentage and then on the promise that we would sell it and then we would sell it we'd make a little bit of margin and also the commission that came with it mm. so that worked out really well and that's what kind of differentiated us to answer your question um but nowadays i don't see much differentiation i don't know what your opinion is i'd, I'd be curious to know like in the market of how one agent differ, differs from another I, I think with any business i think saturated is good i mean we had daniel Priestley sat there not mm. long ago two months ago and he was literally saying if a market is saturated that is brilliant because yeah. That means people are already spending lots of money on there. All you've got to do is tell your story a bit better. Yeah. So I think that's the way to do it. So mm. we'll get onto what you're actually working on later, which is incredibly exciting. And I really want to talk about it because the whole storytelling, gamifying, understanding psychology and understanding what consumer behavior is doing right now is, I think, how you stand out. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're touching on there is that in... Um, in property, especially in Dubai, but also in the UK, there's not a lot of stuff that's different. Mm. The one that we sold our, our last property through in the UK that was different or that was disruptive was, um, it was called Purple Bricks, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that was a bit of a different way of buying property because you did it all yourself really. Mm -hmm. And you could discuss, you know, sale prices and stuff. What was your opinion on that sort of disruptive um, business? I'm, I'm curious to know how that works, sorry. Uh, okay. to, so do you, there was no agent in the process? With Purple Bricks, there's no agent in the process, no. Yeah. So you literally apply to them yeah. and they'll put all the ads up. So you get a bit of the ad spend from them. They'll do the pictures and they also can take people around your property for you. Do you pay commission? You don't pay commission. No, there's no commission. It's like it's a, a flat, flat rate. Fee. Yeah. yeah, and at the time it was only about 800 pounds yeah. and you could spend an extra 
200 pounds or something if you wanted them to take the, pro- the guests on the property. Yeah. But if you did that, you had to then use their solicitors. That's how they make the money. Yeah. So there's a really different- in- I love that idea. That's kind of like our North Star as well. I have a whole business plan of how, how we could do that in Dubai. Mm. I think it's hard to do because as, as you say, it's such a saturated market. On last count, I might be wrong, but 60,000 agents in Dubai, billion dirhams worth of real estate transaction a day is what I heard, is the last stat that I, that I know of. So it's a very, it's a very competitive market. Um, and I don't know if there's a space for something like that. In, or maybe, um, well, I don't want to speak uh, for others, but um, yeah, I think it would be very challenging to do something like that. Um, mm. The way we wanted to do it was we would, so view it would be, oh, I, I guess I don't want to skip ahead, but <laughs> view it would be the discovery platform. And then you would um, send out riders to open up doors instead of having the agent. And the whole thing is done from an admin on the back end. Does that make sense? So yeah. like any question, any answer. So in, I suppose sort of like the solicitor, we don't really have that in Dubai, as you mm. know. Um, but any question you have in the interim, you can speak to a call center agent, someone that's educated that knows the process, because everything is a process in Dubai. Very well regulated by land mm. department. So if you have any question, we can answer it legally. And then the transfer is done um, with one of these, with one of our staff and you pay a very flat fee. So it's kind of like the Talabat slash McDonald's of real estate. Mm. Yeah. But it's still, so I guess what you're taking out there is you're taking out, you're, you're putting in, sorry, the, the work on the person. So you, yeah. they do save a bit of money. Like when we looked at Purple Bricks in the UK, you save the money, mm. but you've got to do more work. So it depends if you work from home, if you don't work, whatever it is. The, yeah. the difficulty I think is that it depends on what value the property is you're selling. Yes. If you're selling a property that's a million yeah. pounds plus, maybe even less than that, mm-hmm. I think you need someone who's an expert in the area and you can mm-hmm. talk about the, you know, the, the, the property in a way that maybe you can't. Mm-hmm. Because I think what you do find if you take someone around your property yourself, is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you start showing them things that you think are impressive and they don't care about. Mm-hmm. You start to lose their interest. You're telling the wrong story to the wrong person, which yeah. is kind of classic mm-hmm. um, failure marketing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the best thing about a failed marketing campaign is that no one saw it. Yeah. Whereas you can't do that if you're showing them yourself. Yeah. I want to take you away from property just yeah. for a second. Sure. Because I want to set the scene a bit more at your entrepreneurial background, because yeah. what we're going to touch on is some really cool entrepreneurship that you, uh, you've done and are doing. Yeah. And I want to hear a bit about, sorry, a bit about the body shop oh, yeah. in Pakistan, because you yeah. are literally Mr. Body Shop in yeah. Pakistan, right? We have 25%. So uh, the family that owns the agency for body shop in, the, in Dubai, in the UAE rather, or in Dubai, sorry, uh, yeah, in Dubai only, is a family that we're very close to, the UAE national family. We started speaking to them to bring it to Pakistan, and we were a sub-agency of the Dubai, com- of the Dubai operation, if that makes sense. Uh, and the idea was that the goods coming into Dubai continue shipping them, sorry, through onto Pakistan, um, to Karachi, which is also a port city. Mm. And that's what we did. So we opened with like five shops. Then obviously all franchises have a very set way of how you have to grow. So they have these milestones every, whatever, 18 months you have to grow from five to 10 to 15 and so on. So we grew at our height. We started in 07. Then we were suffering because with Pakistan, you kind of like swimming against the tide with Mm. inflation and dollar reserves. And, you know, anyone that's Pakistani that's listening will understand. There's a lot of potential, but because of the economy and politics and so on, it suffers a bit. But uh, so because of these reasons in 2018, 19, we're like, hmm, should we continue? Then I thought to set up e-commerce, like a door to door kind of thing. And we did that. And now it accounts for about 25% of our gross sales. Um, and we had, I think, over 40 shops nationwide. Uh, but now we have, I think, 
28, 28, 29 wow. or so. Yeah, but I'm, we're 25%. And, and someone else, we're not managing it. We're like the director, so we every month we check in, yeah. see how it's going, what we can do. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's fun. What I really like about that, and we could do a whole other podcast on franchising because I yeah. have no have no idea about franchising. Yeah. It'd be really cool to talk about it. But what I think is interesting there, which is why I wanted to bring it up, is not only the entrepreneurial sort of spirit and flair that you've you've shown there, but also a lot of that is seventy five percent of what you're saying there is physical stores, yeah. which is down to location, which is down to property. Yeah. That's what I was interested in. So, mm. what's that process about going or analyzing, researching, and going? This is yeah. where we're going to open a new store. How does that process work? Yeah, we have scouts that go out. So there's again, Pakistan. There's very Safety is the main thing that you want to be cognizant of. Mm. So, and each city has one or two big major malls. So we we're always our flagship store in each city, like in Dolmen in Karachi, Centaurus in Islamabad. I forget the Lahore one. So we're in all those shops, and then you want to find safe pockets where people, especially women, are comfortable and safe to walk around. Mm. Um, and then it's kind of you know it, it's common sense. Like, is it safe? Are there guards around? Um, and you know, has is there been any sort of history of assault in that area? Mm. And if that's all those boxes are checked, we open and yeah, and then we see how it does. Like that can all be well and good, but then the footfall has to be there. Mm. People have to kind of be, oh, what's that? I want, I need to pick up a cream or a deodorant or whatever it may be, and then they step in and and purchase. And compared to, you know, I know you spend a lot of time in the US. Compared yeah. to the US market, is it selling a very, very similar product, identical products? Is it a different sort of... Oh, it's the same. That's a good, very good question. I think it's the same. It's the same as Dubai. So all okay. the, every body shop has to be exactly the same. So now that if you've walked into a body shop recently, yeah. you see like the taps around the middle bit. We had to do that for every shop, which was really expensive. So the outfitting and making, making sure that body shop's happy with us is very important. Uh, we have to appease them. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, but um, it, every shop is the same. And the products, I would say, mm, I don't know, it's a good question. I, th- I would say yeah, probably it is more attuned to the, that market. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know granularly. No, no, no. Like, well, I yeah. think it's really interesting. It makes you think of the film, The Founder, you know, with McDonald's. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great film. film, yeah. And we did a bit about franchising at uni and just like how interesting it is if, or, or how incredible it is that you can make one outlet look exactly the same as another yeah. and obviously like, there's economies of scale that make it more effective and cheaper and better way of doing it but i just think the research and analysis that goes in behind it and also the risk yeah. that goes into that because you've yeah. obviously it's almost like you've got an investor on your shoulder going i hope that works for you 100%. i think that's really interesting i'm yeah. going to take you full circle now i want to touch yeah. on that bit because the property side is really interesting to me yeah. i want to bring you back to property in mm-hmm. general ideally looking at the uk us and uae property markets i would love to hear your thoughts on what do you think the market's looking like right now? What are the, what are the issues? What are the positives? What's it looking like on the horizon? Um, I, uh, the stats are, are failing me at the moment, but I, we're, on a day-to-day level, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a slowdown mm. in terms of volume of transactions. Last quarter was insane. Last Q3 and Q4 of 23 was, was fantastic. There was an, uh, an Economist or Arabian Business article about how this is sort of an exodus of Russian investors. Yeah. So those that were buying in Q1, Q2 because of fear and whatever they, you know, their uh, motivations are because of what's happening in their country, that is starting to kind of shift. And they're selling and moving uh, money back to Russia. I think they're seeing that a little bit more as a safe haven. Mm. Um, and yeah, so the, I think because of that, off-plan sales have dried up slightly um, and ready properties are coming back. But in terms of supply, demand, um, yeah, I think the market's still robust. Uh, 
I do I think that there's too many agents in the market? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, like on a on a granular level, whenever you deal, do a deal as an agent, seven out of ten times there'll be another agent involved, and as you know, it's all commission based, right? Mm. So you kind of, if you don't make money, you literally don't eat that month. Um, so if you do a deal uh, and you don't have the direct listing or the direct buyer, which, as I say, is majority of the time, then you're sharing that commission. So it could be 50K, it could be 100K. More often than not, it's like 40K, you know, 40, 50K. And half of that goes. So let's say it's 50K, 25 goes to the other agent, 25 is with you. And then 12 and a half, normally you give to the to your company, which is 50% of what you earn. So you walk away with 12 and a half. So it's like mm. keeps cutting down until you get a sort of small sliver of the pie. I see. Okay, yeah. so it becomes a volume game. Yes, sometimes definitely. Just to set the scene of the the Dubai sort of um, real estate market as well at the minute. If people mm. are listening to this and don't know Dubai very well, there's actually everyone might know the Palm mm. Palm Jumeirah. Yeah. There's actually two Palms, isn't there? There's yes. Palm Jabal Ali, and it is is it twice as big? It is twice huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how fast did those houses go? The off-plan houses they went in like a morning. Yeah, didn't they? two. Um, we, uh, a company that I work with very closely, they did really well. Uh, I think two fronts were sold within three hours each. Uh, the minimum price was 20 million. Dirham. Uh, tw- Dirhams, yeah. So you're Whatever looking at that is, four and a half million pounds. Yeah, four and a half six million, million dollars. Yeah. Uh, the logic is that the prices today for a similar, for a similar sized house, but not as nice, like these are sort of modern contemporary, mm. uh, for an older style in the Palm is like 35, 40 million dirhams. So it's almost double the price. So that was a logic of launching at that price. And then you pay 10% now, and then after three months, you pay another 10% until 2020. Sorry, I I don't want to get this wrong. I think it's 2028 that they're going to have these villas ready. Um, What are we now? Four. Yeah, Yeah. eight. So four years. I guess it's a massive risk, because that's what they said last time, wasn't it? You invest, and then Mm -hmm. nothing happened. It's stalled for a long time. Is that an issue in property in the UAE in general? Great question. Nakheel went through a couple of cycles of this. Initially, Nikhil, so there was a poem by with water homes. Does that, if that makes sense, it's such an outlandish prospect. <laughs> but they're going to write a, do a poem that looks like uh, with water homes that you could see from the sky around the Palm Jabal Ali. Oh, wow. That makes sense, yeah. And that project was then offloaded. Like They're like, this is untenable. We can't do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nikhil, they have all gone through a kind of a cleansing um, and they're all on point now. Imar, Nakhil, Dubai Properties, um, Miras. Um, so whoever's in the game is here to stay, in mm. my opinion, especially the government back ones. Mm. They know what they're doing. They've got a good understanding of finances, resources, um, you know, mm. and uh, and the provisions that you need to make to get this. So building the palm, while it is expensive, getting utilities onto the palm is expensive, like water, sewage, electricity, and maintaining those services. Uh, in perpetuity is also very expensive and, and it's tough to do, so. Mm. Yeah, it's quite an incredible feat of engineering, isn't it? I always oh, think yeah. when you drive onto the palm, sometimes you have, you know your your uh, your GPS doesn't realise you're on the palm. It thinks you're 10k out into the sea. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned there that there's 60,000 active agents in Dubai alone, or is that the UAE? Dubai alone. Dubai alone. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, how do you see the selling of properties mm. different across the three countries that I've mentioned: UAE, um, UK, or England, and um, the US? Great question. I, I think the UK, someone, we, we've had a lot of people from the UK come over to become sales agents in Dubai. Mm. I think the biggest problem is that commissions are very small in the UK. Okay. And it takes a long time to close a deal. Whereas commission, where deals close, can close within a week in Dubai if it's cash to cash. But it takes, or it can take up to four to six weeks maximum. 
Time is of the essence. Whenever there's an MOU, like the, uh, the agreement between the buyer and the seller, the amount of time that's on the MOU is a very contentious point. Like, uh-huh. is it is it two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Because people are all, it's a transit city. It's a transient place. Right. People are always flying in and out. So people are always in a rush to do deals. So I think between the UK and, the, and Dubai, that's the biggest difference, time and money. US charges up to 6%. I just learned a lot of stuff about the US, if you're interested to hear. Definitely. Yeah, so the biggest portal in the US is called Zillow. Yes. And ev- behind that is called the MLS system, the multi-listing system, where by default, if you have a listing, it goes onto this government system, for lack of a better term. And those are all pulled to Zillow by default. 100% of those listings are pulled to Zillow. But only 3% of agents are paying for leads. So the other 97% are actually circulated to the 3%, if that makes sense, on Zillow. Um, and there's a there's a an, not an upheaval, but there's a resistance now against these bigger, larger portals mm. that are kind of consolidating these leads. And when you call, there's a really cool SNL skit. If anyone wants to just type in Zillow SNL, um, where you call and it goes to a call center. It doesn't go to the agent, and then the call center decides through the algos who to forward that lead to. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of need to be in with that call center as well, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be paying and you have to have the lead the listing that matches the lead mm. and it goes through a whole system that's how zillow works um there's a great podcast by the ceo of homes.com who's trying to subvert this uh, on on spotify mm. um but yeah it's really interesting how the system in the u.s works it's very antiquated there's yeah. really a an appetite for disruption there as well what, what is also quite interesting i think and i don't know enough about this really to comment but the marketing in real estate is to me really interesting because a lot of it is personal brand like you look at the, the biggest people yeah. in the US yeah. there's loads of shows on Netflix about selling homes and yeah. um, the guy who came to visit Iman Gadzi here Ryan I can't remember his name oh yeah yeah the, the, with the white hair that's him yeah. Yeah, yeah he's massive in in, um, in the world of property yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, his office is in New York yeah. but it seems to me to be like they have two different people they have estate agents and then they have brokers is that right where you can go to an estate agent and say I'll look after all of your homes as well Oh, yeah. I, I get a small commission if I bring someone to you. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, there. I, what I know is that there's commercial and residential. There's a big difference in these two worlds in the U.S. So for commercial, it's a different sort of, it's not as cut, cut and dry as in Dubai where you sell them an office. You have to actually manage it for the next three, five, seven, ten years. Oh. Um, but yeah, brokers and thing, I'd have to look into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, like, we still know that personal branding and, and marketing yeah. is incredibly important in in property, which is so interesting because yeah. when you go onto a platform, so for me, the only one that I'm, I'm really aware of is um, Rightmove. That's the one that yep. I would use in the UK, or, yeah. or maybe um, there is another one that I've forgotten what's called. But you go on there, and it's yeah. very much like in the UK. We have a company, a, a platform called Auto Trader. Yeah, very similar. This is yeah. Auto Trader for cars and and bikes and whatever. Yeah. And right move is for where you buy your houses. Yep. And it's very much a, um, it's almost a 2D, for lack of a better term, yeah. way of using it. Because you literally just, you have to already know what you want. Mm-hmm. And you just scroll according to your filters, if it's a car, if it's a house. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now you have to just have to ring the agent. And hopefully then you come off that platform and you start to, um, mm-hmm. to sort of work with them, I guess. Yeah. I want to talk to you about how you're disrupting that entire sort of way of buying things with your your current tech company, which yeah. is super exciting. Yeah. So um, we started in 2020. I, I was running an agency at the time and we couldn't, so COVID hit. Um, COVID is like a bad dream we're still getting out of. I know. Yeah, it's like it never happened. And anyway, <laughs> but it did happen in a very big way. So Dubai was 
under severe lockdown. Were you around in COVID? No, well, we were in the UK. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't have like state mandate where you can't leave the house. Yeah, we had. Oh, you, you did? not leave the house, yeah, at all. You c- oh, you couldn't leave the house? I think it was similar to Dubai in the UK. I didn't think it was quite as strict as Dubai, but ours went on for a lot longer. It was not police enforced or anything? Yeah, it was police enforced. It was? Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, in Dubai, it was the same thing where like, if you, you know, you had to send an SMS to the police just to leave your house. Oh, it wasn't like that. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, wow, okay. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it was insane. And can you imagine, like, you're an agent and you have to you have to go out and do viewings, otherwise, there was no, what did you call, furloughs? We had furlough, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we don't have- pay, if anyone doesn't, who's listening doesn't understand, in the UK, we had furlough, so you could, um, you could not work for a period of time and they'd pay something like 75% of your salary and it would drop down over time as an incentive for companies to take you back to work. Yeah, so I, I think that sh- that is something great. I mean, we all criticize the government, but the fact that the UK government did that is such a great thing. Mm. They really let, allowed people. So we didn't have that in Dubai. So you had to like think of something. So we would, uh, so yeah, as an agency, we would send SMS to the police and say, oh, we're gonna go out and get a, some milk or bread or whatever. Then we'd actually go to do a view, to do a, to take a video of a listing, and then send it to our clients who we had through our sort of previous marketing on Property Finder and Bayou. And we'd send them the video and say, "Look, this is what we can do. You can't leave. We can't leave. Here's a video. You know, do you like it or not? Show it to your husband and your wife and your children and so on. If you like it, let's move forward." And to our surprise, we started closing deals. Like people wow. would would pay us sight unseen, uh, or would book their deal sight unseen. So they would send us the ten percent or the five percent, whether it's rent or sale, and this proved to be a very strong validation for the idea. And then we started looking. We said, well, how many list- how many videos are there on Property Finder? How, vid- how many videos are there in Bayut and um, on Dubizel and uh, and the, a couple of other portals? And we saw that less than six percent of listings are immersive, quote unquote, so three sixty or video. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built, I started fooling around and building a little app on my MacBook, um, which can take information, uh, uh, shoot a video and then upload it to a website. Then we sort of started to build it out. Um, uh, I got a team and then long story short, fast forward like three years later and here we are. So yeah. what did you see that was different? Because in the UK there, a similar thing happened because we actually moved house during COVID. Oh, yeah. So we had to go for that whole thing where they would send you a video, you had to book an appointment, but you had to be really serious. You had to show all your, yeah. um, your documents and your, your um, funds. Oh, And oh, your sorry. COVID stamps and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, vaccination, that's it. Yeah. Um, but the videos haven't really, I don't think, I haven't been there for a couple of years, but it hasn't taken off as much as I can see it here because yeah. the videos were just sort of an aesthetic. You'd walk around the house yeah. with, a, with a phone and just sort of sending it to you. There was no depth. There was no yeah. real understanding of what's going on. So what's, mm-hmm. what's different with, with View It? It's the same thing, to be yeah. fair. Um, yeah. It's an agent that walks around the house, but we train them on how to do it. Nice. Um, and we, um, what we're doing next is really cool. So we have a bunch of, we have an, um, we're working on something where which can explain the video as you walk through. It's just based leverage on, on OpenAI's work. So OpenAI has a framework where uh, via the API you can, you know, it'll explain what it's seeing in the video. So we can add that as well. Um, stability, like the kind of idle sway, is is an issue if you don't know how to shoot. But if you do, then um, that makes a world of difference. There's a, there's a whole host of things you can do with an iPhone, yeah, twelve and up which people, I mean, if they learn how to do these little changes as they shoot video, it makes a huge difference. Well, that was gonna be my question. If an agent is gonna put a, a video onto the, the app, yeah. which effectively the way you described it to me is, is something like the TikTok of property, right? It's almost like gamified, it's fun. It's like I said, it's completely different to write me because it's like a fun way of doing it, yeah. um, which is exactly what we want these days, right? With less attention span and more desire for dopamine. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So how do you ensure the quality of a video that's going up there? Is there a process or is there just, it's a way that you teach Good them? Good question. No, at the moment, because we're small, we need to aggregate as much as we can. Yeah. That's our that's our thing that we need to do. Um, so we take videos uh, from anywhere and everywhere. So to be clear, we have, we have two markets right now. We have viewit.ae and viewit.pk. In AE, we have around 400 or so listings, which is not great. Uh, but it's hard to scale in Dubai, and I can go into that. Mm. In Pakistan, we launched as an A-B test mm. to see, look, let's launch somewhere where it's cheaper, where there's less regulation, where there's a bigger population. Obviously, the economy is not as robust, but let's see. Mm. It turned out that that turned out really well. So we have now over, f- we have almost 4,000 monthly active users, wow. uh, about 3,000 live listings on the site on viewit.pk. And uh, that's growing really well. And there, it's all sorts of videos. I mean, you don't get the kind of quality that you would get in Dubai or the UK. Um, but people respond to it. So I think the, the distinction to be made is like, is it better than pictures and text? And in my, our thesis is that, yes, it is. So what I always say is a bad video is still better than like 10 decent pictures. Because it, you understand the flow, the dimensions, how you would fit into the home. And then you could also explain it. We encourage our, our agents to like do voiceovers, add captions. Everything that you see on TikTok that keeps you glued to these platforms, mm. we want you to do for this as well. Because that, that's what works, clearly. Yeah. yeah. And it's understanding that psychology, isn't it? I spoke yeah. to, um, last week I spoke to a guy called Aaron Knightley who mm-hmm. on the podcast, and he he's grown his TikTok in 14 months to over a quarter of a million people. And he said the way he did it was consistency, but understanding the psychology of what people are looking for. So in this sort of state where you're looking at, you know, over 4,000 users actively a month, Mm -hmm. I guess the biggest job for you as a sort of tech startup is how can you understand what they're looking for and then what's the issue they're going to get to? Because in the UK, the biggest thing about property from everyone that we know is that it's so convoluted. So you sell your house, you have to do the pictures, you have to do, you know, Mm -hmm. all the... um, energy stamps all this kind of stuff then you've got to try and sell it people have to come into your house all the time so you've got to yeah. so that process i know you're not changing but mm-hmm. that's the thing you've got to make them want to forget about yeah. by using your app if that, if that you say so it's almost like gamifying it's more fun for them yeah and yeah, then i guess yeah. the other side of that is the agents right so whenever i've looked at view it i thought to myself if i was an agent mm-hmm. i'd be using this as if it was tiktok yeah because then I presume at some point, if it's not really there in there, there's yeah. an algorithm that's going to say, yep. whoever likes that agent the most is going to show the most. And therefore, I'm yes. going to make more sales than anyone else yep. and take all the listings. Is totally. that something that you're really working yeah, on? Yeah, so these are bold things that we want to do. I'm glad you brought it up. We want to change. So at the moment, there's two ways that you look for a listing is uh, discovery and viewing, right? So the, the discovery part, which you very aptly brought uh, up initially was you have to know where you want to look. Mm. This is something... For some reason, like innovation has escaped the prop tech world um, and we've kind of gotten used to things the way they are. But if you go to Zillow to Rightmove, or in fact, if I ask you, picture a property portal, you'll probably picture the same thing that I'm thinking of. It'll be like a happy family and then a search bar. That's it. Um, But we want to change that. um, Given that 90% of internet traffic in 2023, 90% was video, which is crazy, right? Uh, but again, less than 10% generally of listings are video. So there's a mit- mismatch here. Um, yeah, what was I saying? So uh, the way, where was I? Sorry, where was I? Um, You're just touching on how, how you make it interesting, the psychology of how you make someone actually buy something yeah. or how you move towards. Yeah, the recommendation. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. Okay. So we are building the literal TikTok of real estate. So you continue seeing videos of, of listings. And as you scroll, it figures out what you like and it, 
subconsciously brings up listings that you may or may not like. Yes, yeah, a discovery and view is what I'm saying. So the discovery process is what we're flipping on on its head. Instead of you kind of saying, uh, I want something in downtown Dubai with a three bedroom and so on. You, you can do that still on our platform as well. You should organically come up to that listing which is a, you know, a different way of doing it. And then viewing, obviously, is that every listing is a video. So instead of looking at 10, 15 pictures, you look at actual video tours of the, of yeah. the property. Um, it's funny because yeah. actually last night we were looking on, uh, on Property Find. Uh, no, we were looking in the UK, actually. We looked just to see what the prices cost in London at the moment yeah. when I was doing the research for this. And I was thinking to myself, you know, we just put in a price and a rough area of London. And yeah. we were just scrolling um, for no reason. Where? On, t- on Instagram? Uh, no, we are on... Um, what's it called? Rightmove. Oh, yeah. Rightmove, the UK. Yeah, yeah. I get confused between Rightmove and Property Finder Finder, in yeah. Dubai. Yeah. Um, and you're just scrolling and you're not stopping. Yes. And we were like, why are we not stopping? It's a great point. And it's because, I, I, well, you know more than me, but I presumed when I was doing it, I was thinking, it's because nothing is catching my eye because I'm used to scrolling and looking for something, that content, <laughs> that engagement, that intrigue. Yeah, I literally want to jump up and down that you said that. That's oh, so on. true. How old are you? Sorry if I may ask. Say again. How old are you? 28. That's the demographic that we want to target. Okay. You guys don't know how to use, I mean, I'm older, I'm much older than you. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we grew up on this outdated format. That's not how people use technology mm-hmm. today. They interact with their phone all day long. And that, this is what they know. It's just literally in your muscle memory now. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep going, double tap or comment or share or yeah. whatever. And that's exactly the experience uh, that we want to bring to real estate, which no one has done. Although, unfo- actually, one company has done it. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, they pivoted away, unfortunately. They're called um, Playhouse. They're YC backed. Do you know YC? Uh, y yeah, Combinator? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So they started in California. They had huge promise. They raised, I think, a million dollars. I don't know what happened. They changed it to something like game. They gamified it. Yeah. So they made it like you guess the price and you kind of oh, play okay. games on a, on a listing and stuff like that. Well, that wouldn't interest me though. If I'm like trying to buy a house exactly. or rent a flat, that yeah. would just be annoying. The, the thing is to f- to continue to iterate based on user feedback. So I would really like to, after this podcast, like give you the app and play with it and see what you yeah, think and what we could add to make it more sticky. Because that's exactly, exactly, exactly. You're, you're not stopping. Why aren't you stopping? Yeah. You know, every agent wants you to stop on their listing, right? Yeah. Um, but they're not putting in the effort. Like pictures are just like take 10 static pictures, put them up and then yeah. hope for the best. But with a video, you have to kind of put in your personality, tell a story. You need to. Do you know what? You almost need like a content, you need like a content creator academy yeah. for the yeah. ag- agencies. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, what I think is really interesting, and I'd love to hear from you, is that what you're effectively doing, you're doing a, a tech startup, yeah. which is incredibly stressful, right? That's already a really big thing I'm really, really interested in. Yeah. You're also thinking about B2B, because mm-hmm. you need estate agents to use this, mm-hmm. but you're also thinking about B2C, mm-hmm. because you need people to buy from a set of estate yeah. agents so that you then make some sort of commissions or something your way. Exactly. So, how are you in your sort of product teams or in your scoping yeah. go working through that? That's a great question. Um, B2B is what we're doing. So we're dealing with agencies. Um, literally, we had two meetings today, both of them cancelled. It's Agents in Dubai are notoriously difficult to get a hold of. Okay. Um, but yeah, B2B, because for the most part, agencies make the decision on marketing, depending on the size. So if you go to a 10 agent team, normally the owner decides everything. 
Now you scale that to 30 agents, they might have a marketing manager who then says, well, we're spending 30,000 on property finder, 28,000 on per youth. We have maybe two, 3,000 dirhams left in our budget. We need to see this many leads. They're a lot more calculated on how mm-hmm. they want to go about things. So we have to cater it to that person for the bigger team. So to answer your question, it, it's very malleable. Like you, you have to do one thing for one team, another thing for another team. But our strategy is not to kind of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. We're going with the smaller guys first. Mm. And then we learn from them and move to the middle and then we learn from them and hopefully move to the big ones. Um, And there's many big companies in Dubai as well. But we don't want to burn ourselves yet until we've kind of walked the path, you know. If that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. also, I think there's so much credibility in you that you've been for multiple decades in yeah. this industry already. So you know the issues. Yeah. It's then changed. You've changed it and pivoted because uh, you've had inspiration because of COVID. Yeah. And then you've looked at a way to sort of establish yourself as, you know, an authority in the changing world that is not only property, but just tech in general. Yeah. And I want to touch again on the tech side, right? So there's so many businesses you could have gone, you could have gone with. Yeah. Why did you ter- why did you go? I'm going to try and create the Netflix of uh, of really? tech problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we saw a problem. It was literally to solve a problem. I didn't have any aspiration to like be a big tech guy, or whatever. I just wanted to solve the problem that we had. So I said, this one video is going to one person, right? The same video is is sitting there on your phone. You're going to delete it after you know when you run out of memory. Mm. Why not put the same video up on a, on a platform see what happens and that's exactly what we did and people start to engage with it there was a real the 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 bigger need is from the user from people like you who are looking uh for for listings and that's the kind of those are the people that we really want to make happy because you guys drive the market Mm. as much as agents want to steer it you're actually you're the actual rudder Mm. on the ship um so yeah we want to play it to our audience which is young people who are who have a lot of money so there's another statistic there's 60 trillion dollars of wealth coming from um in the u.s coming from the boomer generation Mm. like one generation above mine to your generation Mm. so there's a lot of money that's going to be transferred over the next kind of 15 20 years so you got your generation is going to have a lot of purchasing power on how you buy and the biggest asset class is obviously real estate um and yeah we're basically building an app for your generation I think it's so cool. I really like it. I'm interested in why why you think it will change. So obviously we know that the psychology of the consumer yeah. is changing. Yeah. We, know, we know, like you said there, that the asset class of property is massive. If anyone makes a great deal of money, that they mm-hmm. almost guarantee they're going to put it into property somewhere, yeah. somewhere as safe as they can imagine, like central London or something that's not going to change. Yeah. So how do you see the business scaling to help with that? And I know you're talking a lot about user testing, which I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you see it scaling to be like, okay, this is the only place that I want to put my property? Or maybe it doesn't need to do that. Maybe it just needs to be yeah. well-established. No, ideally, so um, to make, so we, we have two apps. Uh, we have a listing app and we have the, the TikTok app. Mm. So the listing app, we've made it as frictionless as possible. That's another problem we want to solve. Mm. It kind of all came together and we had to do it. Um, it's kind of those moments. But at the moment in Dubai, I don't know how it is in the UK, but at the moment in Dubai, there's no way to list a, pl- uh, a property via a mobile application. There is now a one or two apps that have come, on, come in in the c- past couple of months. But when we were building it, you had to be on a desktop, on a web mm. app, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it takes around 40 minutes to list a property. Like you have to put in the location and all these other bits and pieces, which you don't really need. Um, and normally that's 
given to the admin to do. So we built a mobile application that allows agents to very quickly list. So to answer your question, we want to make the listing pro or the uploading process really fun. I think that's the thing that people don't think about in Instagram and TikTok, but like uploading or making videos, editing, adding captions and kind of making it stand out is, is super fun and engaging. Yeah. And that's the kind of psychology we want to tap into as well. That's a really good point. Yeah. The sort of the frictionless nature of being able to sell your own property. So could I sell my own property in that or do I still need an agent? You, in Dubai, you need an agent. You need a permit number. I see, okay. Yeah. But in the UK, if it, if it was in the UK, I could just list myself. I don't, do you, do you have an MLS in the UK? Like, um, do, you have to, do you have to have like a permit to list something on Rightmove? I honestly don't know. Yeah. Hopefully someone listening will tell us. Yeah, tell us. But that would be, I mean, if you do need that, then obviously it becomes an issue. But what you're saying there, and I'm thinking about this as like a content creator sort of space, yeah. slightly differently. So I'm like, how would you yeah. get someone to keep posting? If I'm a major, maybe I'm an agent, so I do have the MLS and I can post and mm -hmm. I want to put loads of properties on and I want to mm -hmm. be known as like the guy that does penthouses in Dubai. Yeah. Well, I'd be like, what stops you from posting onto Instagram? Well, if Instagram was yeah. really hard and annoying to upload stuff and I had to, if I wanted to tag that I'm in the podcast studio, I had yeah. to actually write it in and find it on a map rather than clicking current location. It would be really annoying, which is why Facebook Marketplace has done so well because yes. you can sell something in five minutes. Yeah, but Facebook Mar Marketplace is super saturated and there's a lot of strange stuff on there. We want to be yes. sort of dedicated to it. And to answer, we get asked this question all the time. Mm. What if TikTok wants to do Instagram? They could, by all means. But... Uh, the, the difference is that you can search on a very granular level as, as to where you want to search. We're going to have a map feature as well because people love the map, mm -hmm. especially in the West, in the UK, and the US. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you can search. Like in Instagram, you don't, I don't know if you've done this, but you can't type in like, I'm looking for a two bedroom in Dubai Marina, which is less than 250,000 in rent. You can't really do that, but you can do that on our platform. And you can go through the same experience where you continue scrolling, you stop, you like, you can even comment on the listing and uh, share it with your friends and family. And, oh, you no know. way. Can yeah. you have music? Yeah, well, not on the listing app yet. Like, this kind of stuff is so, it's like the next logical thing to do, sure. but it's so super technically expensive. And in, in terms of div like tech development is, uh, is very heavy. So we're, we're going to do it when we raise our next round. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're in that first sort of, yeah. you'd say you'd be on MVP there, right? You're in like... Yeah, we're live. We're, we're, we're revenue generating in both our countries. Oh, there you go. We're, we're yeah, we're, go check us out. View it.ae. View I know, I've seen it. It's so yeah. cool. So yeah. I guess what's interesting, if people are listening who are thinking about a tech startup or, or thinking about um, a way to grow their business, how, what's your sort of plan or how have you already looked at or approached customer acquisition because like you said there's already loads of places you can sell your property yeah and you're becoming an authority in the market so how have you gone around customer acquisition we the, it's my day and night that's all i think about is how to get customers onto the platform in dubai so in dubai we have a very talented young uh, girl her name is olivia shout out to her mm -hmm. um she's from uh, she's from the north uh newcastle mm -hmm. Um, and she's she's on telesales. So she calls every day a bunch of agents and says, hi, we have this really cool new platform. She's actually perfected it. So she knows what to say, given the person who's on the other end of the line. You can't do this generic cold calling. It just doesn't work. We've tried it. I've tried it myself. Mm -hmm. So that's our first way of customer acquisition. Cold call, set the appointment. Me and my team go in. So I have two co-founders. We go in, hopefully they have a TV. We hook up our, our MacBook and say, these are the advantages. We are one-fifth the price. You're going to get X, you know, like six X more leads, um, wow. but you have to 
start uploading more listings. Um, you know, that's the only way we can get traction. And we tell them that, look, we are a seed stage, seed stage company. We need your feedback. So tell us what you like, what you dislike, and we'll build and iterate based on your feedback. That's our uh, reason to be alive, raison d'etre. Yeah. That's a really cool way of doing it. It's yeah. very hands-on, taking action. Yeah. And what about retention? Because obviously, well, yeah. people buy a property and then they're not going to go back on it again for two or three years, maybe? Great question. I think retention for the agent is really is sure. really important. So there's, again, we're leveraging on where tech is today. There's something called Firebase, where we're looking at our daily, monthly active users. We use Hotjar to see how people are interacting with the website, yeah. what they click, heat maps and stuff like that. So we're paying attention to what they like and dislike on the listing app and on the website and on our TikTok app. Uh, but retention for um, for users like yourself is, yeah, I suppose there's something also w the, which is lost, which is that casual browsing. Mm. A lot of people your age are kind of thinking, well, I want to, you know, I want to move up in the world or mm. get a bigger house or a nicer car, whatever it may be. And the way to do that is via TikTok or Instagram. But why not have a third app that actually where you can make a call to action and say, I'm actually interested in this. Tell me more about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what we wanted. It's actually a great shout as well, because people do scroll on like Autotrader, like I mentioned, or Rightmove. Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily looking at moving anywhere, but I'll have a quick look. And yeah. I guess I'm sort of live here trying to think about why I would use that app more often than not. And I guess it's because I'm a bit nosy. Yeah. I want to have a look around yeah. some lovely houses and yeah. some nice penthouses yeah. and the best places, but also just places that you could potentially put your stamp on. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of your sort of strategy of like building entry just around the scrolling sort of um, behavior of just 100%. looking. 100%. That is exactly what, I mean, everyone is scrolling all the time. Why not scroll in something where you can actually make an action point? And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very casual, uh, I, I'd invite you to check it out. Um, it's a very casual sort of browsing experience. Instead of ha knowing where you want to buy, you, the right, that was my pitch, uh, was the right property finds you. So eventually you might find the right listing. Maybe you're not financially ready to buy it, but eventually, you know, yeah. you can sort of, you can, you can, yeah. You could, you could even follow it, follow the agent. Yeah, so you could follow the agent. Like we said, they can build their personal brand. Yeah, yeah. Person. And very quickly, to another plug is that each listing, so we'll have a proper profile for each agent. You can click the, the headshot. It'll go into a story. They'll have like a predefined story of who they are, what they've done. Yeah. Kind of give them a little, a little bit more personality and color yeah. so that you know who you're dealing with as well. And then, if, like you said, you know, you're, um, we'll touch on it in a second, but you're, if you can get across the UAE, um, the UK and the US, you become that sort of information channel of like, this is, there's so much trust in this company. It's fun. It's the new way awesome. to buy property. Yeah. It's, it's such a cool way of, of doing it. Yeah. I wanted to touch on, and I'm going to keep bringing you back to sort of the whole tech side of stuff because yeah, yeah. it's so interesting because you are now backed by the world's most active pre-seed and seed investor and one of the most successful VCs in the world, right? Yeah. So. What has it been like working with tech stars over yeah. in uh, Chicago? It was incredible. Yeah, so um, hopefully this can inspire others to do it. And mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to help anyone that wants to get in. It's really hard. They have an acceptance rate of less than 1%. Mm. Um, they told us it's like it's harder to get into like Harvard than tech stars. But anyway, tech stars is, um, so there's Y Combinator through which Airbnb, uh, Uber, uh, DoorDash, a lot of big, big companies have graduated. Similarly, there's Gridlink, there's TradingView that have graduated from Techstars. They're, okay. as you say, one of the biggest pre-seed investors in the world. Uh, we got into the Chicago pro program. We, I tried really hard. I try, so I got, on my third, got in on my third attempt. And um, yeah, it was tough. 
uh, would you like to know more about the application or the ex experience? I think a little okay. bit about both. The application is okay. interesting for a lot of people. A lot of people would just be like, what does this mean? You know, what, okay. is, what does it mean to get into a, a sort yeah. of VC? Or okay, so uh, generally, very high level, uh, an accelerator program is like they invest money in you and they they accelerate your business for three months. So they train you, they do workshops, um, you have to pitch at demo day, um, and uh, they kind of explain how a startup should work. And no one has figured this out better than the US, right? Mm. Uh, so we're really lucky to get into the Chicago program. Uh, so yeah, so we got in uh, through a lot of trial and tribulation, and then I flew to, to uh, Chicago in September for a week, and that was fun. Uh, and then it was like a week of workshops, get to know everyone, kind of what the next three months is going to be about. And then they go over everything. They go over SEO, SEM, legal, uh, how to build your tech stack, how to use your backend, Amazon or GCP. They get they go from high level to very granular. But the most important lesson that they taught us which is kind of lacking in Dubai, is um, jobs to be done, which is a very um, methodical way of looking at your problem. They're like, slow down. Especially in Dubai, you're always running around, you're kind of a hamster on a wheel. Mm -hmm. But they're like, slow down. What is the problem you're solving? What, or rather, where is the where is the switch of the customer from using the current pro uh, solution that they use? Because they're using something. Yeah. They're not just sitting around waiting for viewer to come, yeah. you know, drop out of the sky. So. What are they doing right now? And what is making them switch to the new way of doing things? What is that very specific psychological trigger that makes them switch? So that's what we we learned is like, go back to the drawing board, you know, understand what, what you're doing, what your customer wants. And then the second most important lesson was, you know, don't live in a, in a vacuum, talk to your customer, understand what they want and iterate based on their feedback. That's super, super, super important for any startup. Uh, for any company, whether they're startup or big, you know, continue to adapt to what the customer wants. So that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. And it's so cool because I first spoke to you. It must have been around that time. You were definitely in Chicago. We got put yeah. together because you were going to help us a little bit of our yes. tech startup. Yeah. And we first spoke and you were so... I guess what I'm trying to say is that they didn't just give you the information on how to do stuff. You mm -hmm. had such a confidence that you still have now that I guess they also helped instill in you. Yeah. But you cannot fail if you come through Texas or any of these really cool, amazing yeah. VCs. And, and yeah. No, you can fail. I mean, <laughs> sure. But. Yeah. But, but your chances of survival are much higher now because yeah. the half-life of, of a startup is very short. Yeah. You know, um, the resources, especially Dubai, still a very—it's a great city, but it's very nascent in this in this way. So the resources available to you are not that much, and you have to really look outside. And again, as I say, no one's figured it out like the U.S. Mm. Uh, but yes, I do. I suppose have a more—you have that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you kind of have that validation mm. that someone believes in you yeah. and, and sees your vision, um, and they really help you. They—they they actually care, which is. You know, hard to come by in in our world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely gave us. And so we got into Texas. There's 12 companies. We were one. We were the only non-American one. Mm. Everyone else was from most. I think 10 of them was from Chicago. Two were from New York, uh, and we were the only Dubai company. Of all the companies that have come from the UAE, I think 15 companies have gone to Chicago. 13 of them have gone to Saudi. One has gone to New York, and we're the only other one that went to the, to Chicago. So okay. we're the only Dubai startup that's been to Texas, Chicago ever. Wow. Um, yeah. And so then when you're there, or, or now even, you come back, you've done that three month 
with them, got the investment. <laughs> yeah. What's the sort of the process now? Do they need check-ins? Do they yeah, still yeah. offer support for you? How does it look? I mean, it's kind of like, do your thing. We trust you. you. We've trained you. But yes, every quarter they have an investment associate that checks in. How much money have you spent? What's your burn like? What are you building? How, many, how much money have you made? Actually, that's the first question. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, the third most important qu- thing was you kind of, as a tech entrepreneur, um, you get stuck in dev hell. Like you continue, you know, you live in this vacuum. You want to keep building this cool thing, but it's only living in your computer. When you, you they, they're like, build it, sell it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Like your life depends on it. Yeah. And they really was were aggressive in that sense as well, which was which we needed because we were kind of continuing these dev cycles that went on forever and ever and ever. Like, no, stop, sell, mm. make money. That is, there's no better validation than someone paying for your product. Do you feel yeah, like when you so, speak to people who have very early stage tech startups now yeah. and you have, you have that level of understanding and sort of backing that you can say, I can see the issues that I had, but also that you now have. Yeah. And this is literally what they're going to tell you, which is do something. 100%. Yeah, really. I, I try and remain humble. Like I'm still learning just like everyone course, else. But yeah, yeah definitely. Like, these guys have figured it out and they're trying to impart that knowledge mm. to the rest of the people in the cohort. But yeah, I do I do see where people go wrong. I think one of them is death cycle hell, get out of it, sell, try and make money, mm. uh, try and keep and stay alive as much as you can. That's hard. And what was the biggest thing that you learned in that three months? Was it three months literally every day in yeah. the, the no, office? So, the, the, the first week you go to Chicago, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, you do the workshops and they just want to get to know you. And then they took us to Wisconsin to this cabin and we like partied over the weekend. It was super fun and cool. And then we and then I came back and then three months uh, every day. It's a Zoom. Wow. Okay. So we would work from like nine in the morning to like seven at night on the startup. And then normally from like seven to sometimes one a.m. we'd have calls. Wow. So they had KPIs. So, yeah, every week you had to share your KPIs. Uh, your data room, how much money you've made. Um, and then they have workshops about legal and SEO and tech and so on and so forth. It was I, fun. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I love that kind of side of stuff, which is why we spoke and we met in the first yeah. place, right? So if you're if you're thinking about launching some sort of tech startup or maybe just a business that need, would benefit from investment, what do you think is the biggest piece of advice you could give to someone before they start applying to these different places? Yeah, have a product ready. Uh, get some traction. If you're making money, there's nothing better like uh, better than that. But um, yeah, have a product ready, have some traction. Even if, if you're early and you don't have money coming in, as long as you can show that um, it's it's doing something, like people mm-hmm. are using it, downloading it, engaging with it. Um, yeah, and uh, understand your KPIs. Reten- like all the questions you've asked, retention, users, mm-hmm. um, and, and so on. If you can, if you know these terms. And you can show that your app or your platform does this, then mm. um, that's a good that's a good thing. And then, how did you know that you wanted to take on investment? We needed money. I mean, oh, okay. I was funding the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. So we we needed to continue to grow. Thankfully, now we have our burn is very low because, as I mentioned, we have interns, very talented interns. Yeah. Iftikhar, Hamdan, shout out to them, <laughs> great guys. Uh, and my team is great, Abdullah Nasher as well. And, um, you know, we're really focused on this mission to get this thing yeah. done. But uh, how do we know we need investment was, uh, yeah, we need to make money. We need to continue to uh, push the product, get it in people's hands and make money. So now we do, you know, we're not cash flow positive, but we are generating revenue yeah. in both the markets. That's awesome. So, that's the main thing, right? That's what, yeah. that's what Textiles wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They want to see bigger growth. Yeah. Um, one of our, so one of, uh, one of our cohort members, his name is Edward, excellent guy. He's got something called Echo, Echo Labs, very quickly. Um, he has built 
uh, a transcription device that's 90% accurate. So it can watch us talk. Wow. And you'd imagine that YouTube has this, right? That's your first, uh, why is he building this? But not to the accuracy that he's built it. So he was literally at idea stage. He's raised on seed $7.7 million. Wow. And he's the highest, um, it's the highest raise in Chicago history. He is 20 years old. No way. And his co-founder is, sorry, he's 19. He just turned 20 during program and a co-founder is 20. They're kids. They're like, I don't know, like, what am I going to do with all this money? <laughs> and he literally just like... $7.7 million. In but he account. started coding when he was young or how did yeah, he... Yeah, he started coding when he was young. He's, his backstory is incredible. He's such a cool guy. Um, yeah, he started when he's like 15 and, you know, in machine learning. Machine yeah. learning, wow. Yeah. But then I guess the application for that is billions of dollars in revenue yeah, yeah. at some point. So he, yeah, he, his first customer was University of Chicago and then he's doing some other universities and then his vision is to go to Netflix and YouTube yeah, and cool. like, you know, we all tried to get in on his seed round, but we couldn't do it, but he's going to the moon. Really? Echo Labs, look out for them. Echo Labs, wow, okay. Yeah. So that's a really good example though. So if you get 7.7 .7 million <laughs> and I'm, has he got a team? How big yeah, he's got, he's got uh, that's a good question. I think he's got one other, it's all tech. But he's such a, a great, uh, he's a very good orator. He, he, he killed it in demo day as well. Oh, wow. Um, but the, the model they've built is just these two guys and one other guy. And wow. that's it. So now they need money to market and sell it to these yeah. bigger institutions like universities. So then how, how, would, how would tech stars be like, okay, you've raised a lot of money here. Yeah. Do they keep a closer eye on them? Do they ask them to bring in like a CFO or a CEO? Uh, how does that work? No, that's a very good question. They don't really care. They trust you. Yeah. Um, so far, I mean, it's only been a month we've been out of program or a month and a half, but uh, they trust you to make the right decisions. They've trained you, but um, they will check in because they have 6% equity in all of our companies. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, you know, they, they want to know how their investment is doing. You know, they're a business at the end of the day, mm. but they don't ask you to get a CFO or a CMO. They will advise you. So Edward got, uh, we all got a lot of advice on how, on what specifically we should do for our business to help it to grow and to scale. Mm. And they don't, uh, another thing with Techstars is, yes, you can say, I just want to be local in my market, but they, they're interested in the TAM, in the total addressable market. Yeah. They want to see the big vision. Um, and I imagine and they want you to at some point go to the US because the market there is just... I mean, that's our dream. Insane. Um, people have told us we're crazy to think that, but you know. We were crazy to get to this point, so we'll see. It's the the U.S. market is very uh, so. One statistic I know by heart is Illinois. The state of Illinois is twelve and a half million people, and the GDP of that one state is a trillion dollars. Wow! As a comparison, UAE's GDP, uh, if please forgive me if I'm wrong, is four hundred fifty billion dollars, which is very impressive. Mm. But that one state is a trillion dollars. Like the U.S. is a twenty-two trillion dollar economy. So it is a, it's a behemoth. It's huge, mm. um, and to to want to get into that real to penetrate that real estate market that is so monopolized by Zillow and Trulia and Redfin and Homes.com and Apartment.com is tough. But in my defense, we are not so agents in Dubai. And for the most part, we don't have data to support this, but everyone in the world are portal agnostic. So they'll list anywhere they get a lead. They'll put it on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, property finder, right move, whatever. So they don't care. Um, it's only when you start to become a problem for the bigger portals where yeah. they're like, this guy's annoying me now. Either I'm going to buy him out or I'm going to do this, you know, copy him. Yeah. Um, so well, we'll see. Like, I'm just linking it to another 
someone who's done that recently is the prime energy drink, right? Oh, yeah. So they grew so quickly yeah. that people tried to buy them out that were their competitors, but it was too late. They were already going to the moon yeah. and you, you can't slow them down. So I guess that's the sort of momentum you've got to build in silence and then go, poof, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're here. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've got one last question for you, which is actually about whenever you look at buying a property, you, or I certainly, I think, speak for lots of people, like to see the history mm-hmm. of that property and also that area. How can how does view it help with that kind of thing, like the back? Or maybe that's not a thing in Dubai. But I'm talking yeah. about the backstory of property. That's a, such a good point. I, the, that that is not such a thing in Dubai. Like no. the oldest freehold development is what since 05? so yeah, what, not old. Twenty odd years old, 18, 20 years old. But yeah, um, I, I suppose the agent could explain that in the yeah. story. So like in London, Kensington, or these very old areas. Of course, yeah. You, there's so much history in those stucco kind of houses. Yeah. Um, yeah, the agent could, and you can't do that with pictures. No, exactly. So v- video is kind of that misstep. We're not, I, I, whenever we pitch, we say we're not a revolution. We're simply the evolution. So everything went from Facebook, which I think it is today, like the platforms you see today, are like Facebook in 2012, like I said, search bar, happy family in the back, and then you go off you go. Mm. And then on the other hand, you have TikTok and you have Instagram. There was a middle bit that got lost. We're just trying to fit in there. Mm. And then everyone also always says, well, why don't you do Matterport or 3D or VR and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, that stuff is great. In fact, 7.3% of listings on Zillow are Matterport, are those 3D tours. Yeah. Um, that was meant to be the second coming, but it didn't turn out to be that because less than 10% uh, use it. Um, and it's not scalable. While it is great technology, I love it, but um, it's not. you don't have it on your phone and that's how you interact with the world. Mm. So anyway, just to conclude on this is that video is that sort of slight misstep in history and we're trying to plug that in. I love it. Farhan, it's been an absolute pleasure learning about all this and speaking to you. So thank Likewise. you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Wow. Perfect.